goes. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the Groovy Podcast. This is Season 2, Episode 3, I believe, or if you're keeping track at home, I think that's Episode 52. Uh, we're up into those numbers now. Uh, my name is Ken Cousin. I'm podcasting from Marlboro, Connecticut, and with me, as always, is our good friend... Baruch Sadogurski, broadcasting from Sunnyvale, California. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to the new year. Yes. Uh, we, we managed to let it go once again to the point where it was too long. You know, we let it go too long before we had a podcast. We tried to do one earlier, but uh, I was traveling and I thought, well, I'll make it home and I'll go ahead and set up a podcast. And I wound up not making it, you know, just it was a Friday afternoon. There just wasn't enough energy to do it. No, uh, I think, I think um, too long. It's been too long is our signature timing for doing a new episode. Yes, you're absolutely right about that. And that's that's what I was thinking, so it was time to try again. Uh, yeah. How are you doing these days? Are you get, spending some time at home at all? Yeah, yeah, no, I had um, I had a good, um, like, break, uh, you know, the winter break. And um, starting next week, I'm officially on the spring conferences madness. So I have spring conference madness and then fall conference. For a second. I'm sorry, would you repeat that again? I heard yeah, something uh, about the spring something, and that's fine. Yeah, spring conferences madness officially starts next week. And Which it goes all the way to actually summer, and then a couple of months, and then there is a fall conferences madness. So when you say spring, you mean the season, not the framework. Yeah, the season, not the framework, yeah. Yes, exactly. Because, of course, if you're going to do spring, you might as well do grails, and yeah, I... I you no, but I, you know, if I do spring, I might also do Kotlin, and then no, no, not going, not going there. No, we're going to go there that early. We just started, man. I mean, already we're going to start talking about Kotlin. Uh, okay, um, I actually have been kind of um, a mixture here. I'm trying to do as many training classes on Safari books online these days, uh, because that way I get to teach from home. So that's that's helpful. Uh, but that said, I did manage to give a, a Java presentation at the Chicago Java Users Group uh, a couple weeks ago. And then back in December, I did one at the Dallas, the Fort Worth area, the, the so-called Java Mug, they call it down there, um, as well. So that was a lot of fun. And uh, there will be some more things I'm going to be doing coming up, and I'll mention that later. But uh, other than that, I've been doing uh, the online stuff. So that's that's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and you are doing it from home, which is a big advantage of oh, the online yeah. stuff. Yeah, I'm not the the uh, world traveler that you are, and frankly, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, we had this Facebook thread of people comparing their last year's stats, and none of us could actually figure out what win is. Yes. Is it a, like a large number or a small number? Exactly. Yeah. Consider the win. Yeah. See, on the on the No Fluff Just Stuff tour, which starts again at the end of February, I guess, and we're into February now. You believe it? It's February first. Uh, so, any rate, in the No Fluff Just Stuff tour, then we have a, a we used to have a TripIt group to keep track of of everybody's travel. Um, Venkat Subramanian doesn't even bother participating in that anymore because it just wouldn't be fair, you know. I, yeah. He's still in the middle of his uh, 50 user groups in 50 weeks tour. I think he spent a week 
was it last week he was he did five user groups in Switzerland in five days just traveling all over the country and then went from there to some conference in Germany as well some agile developer conference but that's Vencat you know it, yeah exactly that's what I wanted to say uh, competing with Vencat on anything wouldn't be fair I mean not only uh, not only miles right right so that's kind of silly but there it is uh, Neil Ford tends to Neil Ford as I recall uh, you know he's a, a an architect at ThoughtWorks so he does lots of these things and I think last year he actually did one of those around the world tickets you know how you can get a plane ticket to go all the way around the world it yep. turned out uh, if you play it right you can get it around the world business class ticket for not a lot more money than it would take for me for example to fly to India once you know uh, so that, that was kind of amazing uh, personally I wound up with uh, 1k status on United and silver status on Delta so that's still too much, but it's, you know, at least, uh, and it may be less this year. I may have difficulty achieving any of those goals this year. Uh, so again, considering we might, you might consider it as a win. Right, right. Exactly. Yeah, and actually, one of the books I read, actually, I don't remember, it, it had this example of uh, some motivational stuff. It has this example of some business executive that actually comp tried to achieve not having status in any airline <laughs> that was his goal for the year yeah but that's losing terrible all the, losing all the all the statuses i mean airline status is all about the upgrades and man who wants to fly in steerage anymore and um i mean otherwise i, I assume that if he wanted no status he must have paid for the upgrades automatically uh, i did actually spend a few days a couple weeks ago in cancun mexico uh, and the reason nice. I bring it up, well, the reason I bring it up, other than it was nice and warm, is that I got to hang out and talk to Jeff Brown, our friend there, who is a core team member at Grails uh, for for Grails, and he is now, by the way, I don't know if you're aware, he is now a partner at OCI. Well, I think congratulations are in order, and um, if there is someone who deserves it, that will be Scott Brown. His contribution to Grails and I hope to OCI's business as well cannot be uh, overstated. He's he's amazing. Yes, I still think the jury's out on how successful Grails is ultimately going to be, um, but I. I honestly believe OCI is doing everything in their power to make this work. They are really moving heaven and earth. They're doing extraordinary things to bring Grails to the, the current generation of developers. It's up to the generation of developers as to whether they will accept it or not, but they are really working hard. And it was good to see Jeff and to spend a morning on our quote vacation hashing out various Grails issues that I'd encountered uh, in a couple of training classes, you know, porting things up to three and having him say, but that's supposed to be easy. And I'm going, yeah, well, but at any rate, but he was very <laughs> kind about it. He was very kind. About it. Okay. So uh, let's dive into our news items again. I think before, before we dive into our own uh, news items, while we are um, on this community and talking about our, our friends, um, I think I, uh, I want to, both of us want to extend our condolences to Guillaume um, because of the loss he, um, he had in his family. Um, Guillaume, we are extremely sorry to, to hear about that and um, our condolences and our warmest regards are, are, are with you. Absolutely. Again, for those few people who may not be aware, that's, that's Guillaume LaForge. Uh, G. LaForge on Twitter has been the head of the Groovy Project 
basically almost from the beginning. I mean, within a year or two from the creation of the uh, project itself, he has been a, a good steward for the project. Uh, others have picked up a lot of the day-to-day -day efforts. You know, Paul King is very active there, but Guillaume is one of the fundamental reasons why this is successful and and he's just enormously influential in this community and of course we would express our sympathies for him under any circumstances but uh he is such a good friend and such a, a wonderful individual that uh you know we definitely are i hate to use the term thoughts and prayers but they're with him at this time and, and anything we can do of course uh we're happy to do so for him absolutely yep Okay, okay, so uh, now going to some of these news items, I should remind our, our listeners now, when uh, when the Groovy Podcast appears, of course it shows up in various t um, Twitter feeds, in the Groovy Podcast Twitter feed, it also shows up on iTunes and on Podbean, but we do have a homepage for the Groovy Podcast, this is at nofluffjuststuff.com slash groovypodcast. All the podcasts wind up showing there with a link, and on that page, they also have a link to the show notes. The show notes appear at a GitHub account under our friend Peter Ledbrook. So github.com slash pledbrook slash groovypodcast has the entire list of show notes going all the way back as far as we've been keeping track of them. So uh, that's what I'm looking at now is the show notes. And usually we like to start by just identifying the current versions of the, the major products in the Groovy ecosystem. Uh, Groovy has not had a new release, I don't believe, in a little while. They're under the Apache process, which is a lot more, uh, I don't want to say tedious, but a lot more rigorous, I suppose. Um, by the way, uh, I'm sorry, did you want to say anything about the Groovy releases or not, or there's something I want to throw in after that when you're done? Yeah, no, I think I think that the, the pause that we that is going on now is due to work on, on, on those major major milestones major versions of 2.6 and 3.0 i think that's why things are slowing down on the like the normal release train well it's also a pretty stable product at this point uh and then there aren't a lot of developers who have as their funded day-to-day -day occupation working on groovy the grand exception of course being paul king who works for oci and he's their chief Groovy person, obviously. Uh, he works especially on Groovy features that tie into Grails. Um, I We talked to him, we interviewed him late last year at, uh, at the G3 Summit, but I wanna mention, I didn't put it in the show notes, this is gonna come up in another month or two. Uh, I was contacted by uh, Andrew Binstock, he's the editor of the Java Magazine, the mm. one directly from Oracle, and he was asking about an article describing the new features coming in Groovy 3, and of course I uh, collected information about uh, the macro system and, and the new parrot parser and everything, and that will be coming up. Uh, so I, I submitted that, the article's been accepted. I, I think we're finished revising it. Uh, they just released an issue of Java Magazine talking about reactive streams and everything, but I think the next issue, probably March, April timeframe, will have an article about Groovy in it. Uh, any team mostly just say what I've learned from others uh, but one of the key features of course and this is finally what ties it back into our show notes is that there are currently multiple versions of Groovy in process we have our stable version which is the 2.4 line which is currently at 2.4.13 
And then we have the next one in the current line, which will be 2.5. Uh, that's in beta 2 at this point. That, the big feature that will be added, are these macros. And we actually had a, an interview, I guess it's a, probably a whole year ago or a little longer, with um, Sergei uh, Igorov. Igorov, um, I, yep. I was Sergei Igorov, yep. Right, and he's one of the main guys behind, he may be the main guy behind the macro capability. We'll have to revisit that when that's released, but just for people who are not aware, and I had to dig into it myself again, basically, if you're writing an AST transformation, you need to know the builder code to assemble nodes and how to hook them all together, and, and you, you kind of have to think like a compiler. And what the macro process does is it gives you blocks and annotations that will let you write regular old groovy code, and it will convert that groovy code into the node manipulation code associated with AST transforms. So it's not going to affect most developers' day-to-day -day operations, but it will make it much, much easier to build AST transforms, and that'll help everybody. So that's the big feature in 2.5. Uh, 2.5. 6 is a little bit of a temporary thing, so let's jump to 3 and then I'll mention it. 3.0 is going to use the new Parrot Parser. The big feature, of course, will be all the Java 8 support with all the new syntax and everything. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of smaller features, which I'll we'll mention when it comes out. The only reason I mentioned, I skipped over 2.6, is 3.0 is going to require Java SE 8. That'll be the first version of Groovy that requires Java 8. And in an attempt to backport as many of those features as possible to people who are stuck on Java 7, that's the purpose of 2.6. So 2.6 is like a temporary holding pattern for those people who are waiting to upgrade to uh, Java SE 8. Really, it'll be 3.0 when all is said and done. And all that's going to happen sometime this year. It's all under development. Uh, I'd have to ask Paul King, I imagine, for the, for the time frame on that. Yeah, and th this, is, this is very exciting. Because 3.0 is something that we are waiting eagerly for. The parent parser should bring, uh, should modernize Groovy uh, and, and, and bring it to the level of um, other, I would say, languages and, and the support that we are waiting, using it with Java 8. And uh, Groovy 3.0 is, 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 is like a breath of fresh air that we are we are eagerly wait for. I was able to use the Groovy console with the 3.0.0 alpha. That worked just fine. And I tried to make a project inside of IntelliJ where I used the 3.0.0 Groovy um, dependency inside of Gradle build. And IntelliJ was seriously confused about the new syntax. But the project built, everything ran, everything was working, including the, the new triple equals operator that calls is and the Elvis assignment operator question mark equals and whole range of things. So that was my first chance to really play with it and I did not encounter any problems. Everything worked as advertised inside the uh, release notes. So hopefully that's just going to fill out the rest of the capabilities. It also gave me a chance again to play with traits a little bit. That's how they're doing the Java uh, default methods is that they basically just delegate to traits. Inside yeah, and that that's smart, elegant, and and makes a lot of sense. Uh, the default methods are are basically traits in uh, in weird 
Java syntax limitations, yeah, just, but they are they are traits actually. This is exactly what it is. Yeah, it's just so the, it only uh, makes sense. Traits allow us to use attributes as well, and of course they can't do that in Java interfaces yet. You can put in default methods and static methods. I'm not sure how they're going to handle the static methods yet. So I'm not sure that's allowed in traits yet. I I don't know about that. I'll have to check on that. Um, a question came up about the name Parrot on the Parrot parser, and somebody reminded me. I think it was our, our friend Eric uh, Helgeson, who you know, who wrote the Practical Grails three book, which I, I hope is doing really well. I should mention that actually a week ago I was uh, in Central Minnesota. Again, my goal apparently is to teach a Grails class in the coldest possible environment, wherever that might be. So we were aiming for Central Minnesota in January. Nice. Uh, thought I missed cold by about a week or two. It was actually not that bad, you know. Um, but if, in case you're not aware, uh, Eric uh, Helgeson it lives in that area. He's in the Twin Cities. Well, not down to the Twin Cities, but he's up uh, near uh, St. Cloud in Minnesota. Uh, I got to see um, his, his wife as well, uh, Jackie, who's also a developer. Uh, mm -hmm. She uh, also works on Groovy and Grails related projects. And uh, Eric is doing very well for those who are curious, and he's uh, supporting the book. And very happy to have people access it. And just a reminder, it's not in the show notes, but the link to access the only existing book on Grails 3 right now is at grails3book.com. It's an actual three, Grails and then a, a number three book.com to go with that. Very good, good book there. Uh, the other reason I'm, I'm thinking of that, though, is that um, one of the changes that's been made in Grails, see, we're still on 3.3.2 now. But they have uh, they keep making some modifications, and one of the modifications they've done relatively recently is that Grails tests now are entirely based on traits. There's no metaprogramming at all anymore. There's no AST transforms or, or runtime metaprogram. It's all based on traits, and in fact, I think that's a really good example of why and how to use traits. So I use that uh, as an example when I was showing off what a trait meant was some of the the what is it domain unit test trait or the controller unit test trait which provides methods to acquire the domain object or the controller etc um, so anyway grails is still at 3.3.2 uh there i know they're working on the next version there and we'll see how that comes i did get a chance to play with the application forge yep the new app that was fun uh so that again that's that's uh, pretty stable from our last time we talked about yes that's that's pretty much the same yep now the next one of course is gradle uh, Gradle released 4.5. Was it this week? I think it might have been just a few days ago. It was a uh, few days been, ago. Yes, yes. Yeah, they'd been on a release candidate. Now they're on to Gradle 4.5, which gives me a chance to remind everybody, of course, at, about the awesomeness of SDK Man, right? The uh, SDK Manager, which exactly. is managed by uh, Marco Vermeulen. Uh, wonderful product there. And if you are on a Mac or any Unix-based system, uh, using it is a no-brainer. So you can install Gradle 4.5 using SDK Man, or you could do the normal download and install. Uh, I didn't look at the bunch of new features there. Did you look at any of that stuff in Gradle 4.5? Uh, I think it's again uh, a very heavy performance, uh, yeah. performance-oriented release. And uh, I saw some numbers and some comparisons with Maven, and it's not even a fair fight anymore. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's like they, they were behind and then they have the goal of catching up with Maven. And now it's like, I don't know how many hundred times faster than Maven. 
they are really attacking that very aggressively. I mean, great. that's thanks to Cedric Champot, which is again a, a big fellow. I guess he's very little to do with Groovy anymore, unfortunately. But from what I understand, he leads this performance effort in uh, in Gradle and and does a great job there. Yeah, he's certainly one of them. Uh, it's always good to hear from Cedric, and and uh, I do think he's he's still aware of the, the the DSL part, which I think is all still in Groovy. Now, the sad part, of course, is that they are adding in the Kotlin DSL as well. Uh, but I suppose it's not really sad. We we laugh about it, but it's uh, it's good that that a product like Gradle, which is um, still related to Groovy and still supports Groovy in many ways is now going to have multiple uh, mechanisms and simply become more pervasive in the environment. You know, I, I had another person I saw on that vacation was Neil Ford. I mentioned him earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, he's um, He talks to a lot of the enterprise people, you know, the, the C-level executives and people on that level. And he's firmly of the opinion that as good as Gradle gets and as good as the performance will be, that it's not going to necessarily replace Maven. And his argument is that uh, companies just already have Maven, and if you tell them that we want to replace that with something that's supported by this tiny little company over here, they're not going to be eager to hear that. I personally think that's overly cynical. Uh, I think that performance will win, and Gradle's performance, as you say, is vastly better than anything Maven-related nowadays. So I, I'm very optimistic about the future of Gradle, uh, despite the fact that a lot of organizations, especially large ones, tend to be overly conservative in these areas. Yeah, so so funny funny that you mentioned and we'll, we'll stick around. I just had lunch with another big friend of, of Groovy community, Ray Tsang, a developer wow. advocate at Google. And uh, we ended up in this Gradle Maven discussion, obviously, and and Ray was like, I don't know why people complain is Maven. For my, for what I'm doing, Maven is just fine. And 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 then uh, we start talking about that his use case of doing like those small demos and the small projects, which are not enterprisey or complicated in any way, is this narrow path that you actually gain the most from the rigidness of of Maven. And uh, if all you need to do is Maven ar uh, archetype create Java project and then compile this Java code and, and get a jar or a war out of it, Maven is, is fine. You don't need anything else. So, so that there were obviously use cases in which the heavily opinionated nature of Maven gives you benefits. Right, well, and we had yeah. a discussion like that on the... Uh, on an expert panel, well, although I tend to call that the pretend to be expert panel, you know, because I'm on it. Uh, in an expert panel at the No Fluff Conference, uh, Matt Stein, who is a major player at Pivotal these days, he's, uh, uh, I think he's actually a, one of the CTOs there now, uh, also likes Maven. And the reason is the same reason you described, is that he likes having restrictions. He likes having it so that he doesn't have so many choices. It's the what is it, the paradox of choice that people worry about? We have too yeah. many choices, you don't know what to do. And immediately the response from the other panelists was uh, Stockholm Syndrome, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we, we, love, we, love to, we love to have a lot of jokes uh, on, on Maven and it's fine. And, and the, 
seriously speaking for a second, um, I see the, the two use cases which are still very, very valid for, for Maven. And one is I only do Hello World and I show it to people. And when I show it to people, the last thing I know, the last thing I need is for them to concentrate on build and try to figure out what my script does. And that's a valid use case. I want a no-brainer build and I say, okay, this is like standard Maven stuff. But you know it, forget about it. So this is one. And, and the second would be those um, organizations in which knowing the level of your team, you actually want them to be as restricted as, as possible yeah. when it comes to, to build. Yeah, I have. I know you're exactly right. And I have philosophical objections, especially to that la latter one. I'm much more of the opinion that you give your developers the flexibility and the freedom to do what they need to do. Uh, but I know a lot of teams don't act that way. Uh, when I introduce Gradle to new people, I always say that um, every build ultimately becomes a custom build. And Gradle was designed with that in mind. Plus, uh, Gradle gives you uh, extraordinary performance benefits these days over Absolutely. anything Maven yeah. related. Yeah. And yeah. Yes, no. If you can write great Maven plugins, you can make Maven sing. I get that. But if you just want to do basic, simple stuff in Gradle, that's easy. Yeah. So yeah, no, I just I just love to be on top of developer advocate, mm -hmm. devil advocate as well. So um, I I have fun in those um, exchanges and 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 uh, um, arguments. So I can definitely see for people that like Maven, what their point is. And, and you, uh, yeah. And if you talk to people at Google, you should remind them, of course, that, hey, Guillaume LaForge works there. <laughs> You've got <laughs> the head of the project, for crying out loud. You know, but I know it's it's a big, vast community, and they have their own build tool, too. And, and you know, the Gradle people are all aware of this. But, hey, you know, Google supports Gradle in a way. I mean, every Android project, the only officially supported build tool for that is Gradle. So it's in there, you know. Okay, uh, moving yeah, on. Yeah, uh, there was a release that was announced. I saw on the Apache Groovy Twitter feed that Codenark came out with 1.1 with a bunch of new rules and some various updates. There, do you use Codenark at all, by the way? I I, I played with it, and I, I obviously know what it is and how to use it. I mm -hmm. don't have any current projects that use it, but I'm a big fan. I think that's that's a wonderful project. This is one of those things that. Uh, you have alternatives which are obviously not as good as 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 the groovy option right it's true for uh, for a lot of stuff for spock for 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 http builder and and codenark is is one of them it just takes something that others do and actually make it of user experience yeah, I mean, CodeNARC, for those who have not used it before, is basically a code quality tool. Static it, code analysis tool, yes. Exactly, static code analysis that works for Groovy. And it's very effective, but it's clearly the leader in that marketplace for the Groovy ecosystem, certainly. Uh, and it's easy to use. It can be driven by Gradle or Maven or what have you, and, and that's very good. Uh, I was very pleased to see there was a whole series of tweets that came out uh, on the Groovy Eclipse uh, on the, the changes in the Groovy Eclipse plugin. This was done on the Apache Groovy Twitter feed again. But I, you know, the, the Groovy plugin for Eclipse has been stagnant for quite some time. Clearly, somebody's working on it now because they have improved it 
in a lot of small, interesting ways. And it also now supposedly supports the latest versions of Groovy and the latest versions of Eclipse and uh, JUnit and everything. Yep. Yep. I mean, I obviously, and, I, um, I'm sorry. Have, have you, I, do you use Eclipse at all anymore? Yeah. So no, that, that's what I want to mention. I think that the, the official idea of this podcast is obviously IntelliJ idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think both of us can agree that it's way more superior generally as Java as JVM language ID and uh, the Groovy support is a completely different level. Um, and so um, I don't know why anyone would use Eclipse those days, but uh, here we go. You do know why. And it's because a company insists that they use a free tool. Uh, so Well, Groovy is supported in the open source version of IntelliJ IDEA, which is free yes. as well. So that's, that's argument one stand. That's absolutely true. That's a good point. And 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 if uh, going back to those um, you know holy wars about tools and 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 IDEs, I definitely can see the point of Maven um, advocates. For me, I cannot see a single reason of of using Eclipse those days. But that will be just me. Well, I I'm glad there's Groovy improving Groovy support in Eclipse. That's for sure. Legacy people that have not made a transition or yep. that have a team that has standardized on that product or for whatever reason. Uh, of course, you get a lot of people on derivative products like Spring Tool Suite, you know, based on Eclipse. And those people, it would be good to enable them to be able to use Groovy as well, especially because Groovy and Grails Tool Suite is dead. Uh, that, in fact, that's a, pr a problem in the community, which hopefully will become a smaller problem over time, is that there is no Grail support at all in any Eclipse variant that I know of. The Grail support right now that was in, you know, Ruby Grails Tool Suite is so buggy and collapsed and everything, it's, it's hardly worth the frustration. Uh, so, you know, at least somebody's working on the Groovy plugin. I don't know that anybody's ever going to pick up the Grails plugin for Eclipse. But anyway, that's, we just have to live with that. No, no, I mean, it's good that there is progress. I don't know how critical it is because why would you even bother? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, there was a nice blog post by our friend Ben Mushko, who works for Gradle, of course. Uh, but Ben wrote a blog post comparing JUnit 5 to Spock as a, what he called a feature showdown. And it's an extensive post. It's really long going through feature by feature on all of that. And then there were some comments, and he updated the post based on those comments. Uh, I'm waiting to see personally whether JUnit 5 is adopted by the community. I mean, it's been out now for several months, but most people consider unit testing to be a solved problem. You know, they don't want to relearn JUnit, which is something they thought they understood, and then find out even little, you know, uh, the test annotation or, or the before annotation is now before each, for example. I mean, just even little things have changed fundamentally. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anybody moved to JUnit 5 yet? Uh, so I heard some people that are evaluating um, JUnit 5, and and the path to it was uh, to to actually start evaluating was was very interesting. So obviously, of all the um, of all the options of unit testing, JUnit was for uh, unfortunately for 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 many years the less superior. There was Spock and and um, and others, and I saw people that step away from Spock 
because of the stagnation that happened a couple of years ago after uh, Peter Netherweiser left the project and, and, and looked for an alternative and tried a couple of things and now they look for a salvation in, in uh, JUnit 5 my answer for those people would be just go back to Spock and, and enjoy life. But it's kind of the, those people that look for something that will give them back the power that it, they used to have in Spock. Uh, those are the people who, who are early adopters of JUnit 5. That's what, what I know. I mean, JUnit 5 does have something like parameterized tests that are similar to what Spock has. But yeah. we don't have to go down through the features. Ben already did that. In my opinion, that blog post merely made it clear that Spock is superior to, to all of these things and that JUnit 5 at best provides equivalent capability. So that the only reason not to use Spock is if you are committed to Java and aren't interested in doing anything in Groovy. Um, but I think Spock is right now probably the primary driver to new people to the Groovy ecosystem. It's it's still the, the state-of-the-art best testing tool out there, not to mention the fact that uh, Rob Fletcher wrote that wonderful book on Java testing with Spock, although I, that's not what he called it. Uh, the Java testing with Spock book at Manning was written by what Constantine uh, Capilonis, I believe. Uh, so we've got two books on testing with Spock, and Rob Fletcher's book is one of the best books on testing anything I've ever seen. So uh, hopefully that will continue, and I, I'm glad he did the, the feature rundown, that Ben Mushko did the feature rundown, but I think uh, Spock still won that, you know, yes. my yes. impression. Yeah, I agree. Okay, now um, there was another one of these articles by Blaze Meter, this time talking about doing Cassandra load testing with Groovy. Uh, I have a difficult time with those, not because of the article, but because the website has all these pop-ups and all these uh, <laughs> you alone about registering or signing up for a newsletter or trying to, you want to talk to somebody because they're trying to sell a product, obviously. But it is nice to see that they are trying to build additional capabilities uh, that's, that use Groovy to accomplish mm -hmm. the task yeah. they want to accomplish. I think you worked with uh, with some of that stuff before. Is that right? Yeah, so BlazeMeter, uh, we um, we know BlazeMeter from both uh, um, as as an independent company and now is part of CA as a part of continuous integration delivery pipelines that we work with, and stress testing is an important part of it. Um, so we we are familiar with those kind of tools, and I think BlazeMeter did a very very good job in bring in unleashing the power of cloud for stress testing mm. um, it, it made stress testing much easier and much closer to the the real stresses that people experience in production and uh, can simulate them using cloud uh, and um, considering the two main stress testing tools which is a jmeter that on and Gatling, um, we as as Groovy community, uh, JMeter is obviously much uh, much closer to us because of the Groovy DSL that it has, comparing to I would say a nightmarish DSL that Gatling has, which is in Scala. And uh, I know I'm stupid. I'm not smart enough to learn this magnificent language. But every time I need to do something with Godlin, I'm in agony. This is just horrible. But that's me. I'm just not smart enough. I, I give you that. <laughs> 
Well, I think you you made the Blaze Meter people very happy. I'm sure they're going to enjoy a little podcast. For yeah, that. they give away guitars on the trade shows and conferences. So I expect a to win, to accidentally win a guitar in their completely random raffle that they do at the next conference. <laughs> well, at any rate, I put a link in the show notes. So if anybody wants to investigate it, it's there. Now, there was another very short but interesting blog post talking about something I've had an issue with periodically. And the blog post was by Dan Vega talking about how to compile Groovy before Java in a Gradle build. And I, the, the where I had encountered that in the past was when you were applying an AST transform to the Groovy code that needed to be completed before the Java code encountered it. You know, because the, the AST transform will add all these mechanisms to the bytecodes, and I want them to be there. The one I happened to be using at the time was the add immutable AST transform, and I wanted to make an immutable object in Groovy and then use that in Java code. And if you haven't seen it, what the blog post basically says is that you set up your source sets, and you basically say that the source set for source main Java is nothing, but the source directory for source main Groovy is, and you put source jurors, you list source main Groovy first and then source main Java. And uh, the claim is that this will compile the code in source main Groovy and then compile the code in source main Java based on it. Now, I personally haven't tested that, and I kind of feel like I'd like to talk to some of the Gradle people and see if this is something they would agree with or not. But uh, I like the idea, you know, and I like the, that it has an extremely simple solution if this works. And, of course, his example that he did work. Uh, so, I, anyway, I thought I'd put it in the show notes. And, and maybe we'll hear from somebody from Gradle or I can go ask somebody at Gradle and see whether they agree that this is the right solution for that problem. Yeah, and, and it generally looks like, you know, that's come on, how hard can it be? Why we even need a blog post about it? And <laughs> apparently, apparently they, it, it is a big deal. And I understand why the normal, why the default order will be Java before Groovy, but Groovy is so powerful uh, in in interop with Java that it really should suppose both ways. Well, and my customary approach when mixing Groovy and Java in a project is to put everything under source main Groovy. You know, not to use the a separate source exactly. at all, yep. and let the Groovy compiler take it from there. Uh, but, okay, interesting to see an approach. Uh, if you do separate out different uh, source trees under different languages, I have a feeling some of that's going to be changing in Gradle 5. You know, I, I don't know if they favor that anymore. You're starting, getting, starting to get warnings in the Gradle versions like 4.3 or 4 or 5 about doing that sort of thing. So they must be discussing that. Um, uh, notice, by the way, of course, in Grails 3, they replaced uh, source source Groovy and source Java. Now they simply have source main Groovy for all Groovy and Java classes that you want added to the class path. And then again, they let the compiler resolve the differences in there. So I don't know whether it's a, a recommended approach to separate the, the code bases anymore. And this is an approach. But it was an interesting blog post. And I have been so neglecting of my blog recently that I feel like I ought to at least mention them when they come up. You know. Yep. Uh, now. Bringing us to uh, a few things that I found in, of course, um, the wonderful Groovy, uh, Groovy Calamari uh, newsletter. Um, they pointed out that OCI is now doing, in addition to their regular training classes, which are based on Grails, uh, they're doing something called Grails Sketches, which are one-hour free online webinars to introduce technologies around Grails development. And I believe the next one 
is uh, February 9th, I think, so that'd be a week from tomorrow, so a week from Friday, that is going to be talking about using Grails with React, you know, in case you want to use the React profile. Now, of course, they have a full training class for that where they spend a day or two on it, but this is a one-hour webinar that'll be done by our, our good friend, Zach Klein, uh, and he's going to demonstrate how to put all that together. Um, they're having a series of these, and again, I, I cannot fault OCI for any difficulty with the Grails penetration in the marketplace you know oci is doing everything they can and that's a very helpful option so if you're interested feel free to you know be sure to take a look at the oci website and check out those uh the free training seminars i think they're doing roughly one a month something like that yeah so they have february 9 march 9th and then april 6 so yeah every right. every month Yep. What were the other two topics, if you happen to be staring at it at the moment? Um, build a better API with Gorm and Graph, uh, GraphQL. Well, right. That will be the March one. And the April one will be database migration with Grails 3. Database migration with what? Grails 3. Oh, just with, so the generic, uh, the, the migration plugin, presumably, inside of Grails. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm really bad at that. I generally either work with an existing database or I let Grails uh, create my database and I don't worry about the migration stuff, but the people who do migration swear by it, you know? One one of the most complicated topics of software update database migration. Mm. And, and this is something again that very dear to our heart here in JFrog because uh, we, um, we provide tools to support what we call the continuous update. And, and that's in the matter of on the same way of continuous delivery and continuous deployment, the ability to continuously update your software. And uh, while uh, we know how to easily update um, stateless applications, uh, the schema migration and the data migration is the most per the, the most painful part of any uh, software update. Interesting. Um, well, speaking of that, uh, of course, there's grants that have come out, again, from OCI uh, since the last time we talked. One of them is exactly that topic you mentioned, building a GORM slash GraphQL app with React and Apollo. I'm not sure what Apollo is, uh, but then again, I don't use React, etc. cetera. Uh, so they have a guide on that now. They have a couple of guides related to Docker. Uh, one was called using Docker to provide external services to your Grails app that use Postgres and uh, learn to use a Postgres database in your Grails app with a Docker container. And another one was how to distribute, well, it says Grails as a Docker container, learn how to distribute your Grails app as a Docker container as well, which I'm sure will be useful to somebody. Mm -hmm. so, uh, okay, so uh, one other thing uh, under the news items, I didn't know where else to put it, uh, Jen Strader, another good friend who's been on the podcast a few times, has been very active lately. Uh, I didn't get a chance to add it to the show notes, but I think she has uh, she started a groovy user group, I think, in Berlin, I believe, uh, as I recall. Yeah. Also, she has uh, been working with this group of university students down in Cameroon. Uh, last year, as I recall, there was an effort to run a training class to teach them groovy and or grails. This year, she's kind of expanding that, and now they are running this great DI mentorship program where they're matching uh, students working on Groovy or Grails related projects with people who are willing to be a remote mentor on that. Uh, I, I'm a participant. I, I don't know what I can offer. Um, I suppose 
most people feel like that as soon as the word senior becomes attached to your name, you know. <laughs> but I will admit that I feel like I'm getting to the point in my career where I should spend as much time trying to help the next generation as doing whatever, you know, accomplishing further things myself. And so I'm more than happy to share uh, my own training materials for Groovy or Grails or help out with advice and stuff. And we'll see how it goes. You know, I, I was matched with an individual. I think this is roughly a six-week program or more. I uh, should probably talk to Jen about it separately and see if she wants to come on the podcast and discuss it. Um, but right now, it's uh, it's fun. You know, it, it, we haven't hit any hard problems yet, you know. I do recall seeing a tweet from her where one of the students really wanted to do a, a desktop app and she was looking for somebody to help. And, uh, you know, it's somebody who knows Griffin, obviously, would do that. So, obviously, Andres, I hope Andres Almire jumped right in on that, but I don't know if he did or not. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. at any rate, she's working on this mentorship program and connecting students. I think she's also quietly doing some job placement as part of that, too, or maybe that's a separate effort as well. Yeah, so I I just wanted to say that I think that it's a it's a great initiative from so from so many perspective. Mm. It's it's good for the community. It's good for those people. It's good for us. And and uh, just uh, heads off for Jen for 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 starting it and running it. And uh, she is amazing. She did one other thing, interestingly enough, on Twitter, uh, I think it was this week, she basically, I don't know why she's doing it, she must have an article or something in mind, but she was asking, what are the features of Groovy that everybody likes, and a bunch of people chipped in with, oh, I like the metaprogramming, or I like the AST transforms, or I like the Elvis operator, you know, on and on and on. Um, I'm wondering if she's got some summary planned, or if this is going to wind up in a presentation somewhere, but uh, yeah, she's been doing a lot for the community there, and it's always good to see. Uh, of course, that what the segue I meant to use was that when she was doing some of that job placement, uh, that's a reminder that uh, you've got a job opening, don't you? Do you want to say that's something about true. that? That's true. I'm I'm uh, looking for expanding my team dramatically, and um, I had a lot of open positions. Some of them, put uh, for knock on wood, looking good good intern potential candidates but uh, we're still looking for great people to do uh, developer relations to be uh, developer advocates and uh, have a lot of fun with coolest technologies including of course groovy well i do hope that you get a lot of people contacting you for that uh we should well, also with, with oh, our popularity i expect like a, a huge typhoon of of resumes coming my way starting about now well i would but i'm already a little busy you know i i would yeah, think yeah. about it but you know right now i've got some commitments and it's just be a little awkward yeah well. and you know it's california it's silicon valley i don't know if you love the lovely weather that we have now during during winters or you prefer snowstorms and stuff so it's not for everybody winters with um, 60s I, I don't know if you can stand it. It's not you're, for everybody. Now, now you're playing nasty. Yeah, that's really mean. I We're looking at a few more inches of snow here this weekend, and it's like, oh, cripes. You know, I'm already ready for it to be done. Um, I should mention, of course, also that OCI still is hiring. You know, they're, they've already expanded their Groovy and Grails team to have, I think they're up to like 14 people now, and they're still looking for more. So if you're interested, contact them as well. I mean, if you can't qualify for JFrog, you know, it should certainly look at, at OCI as your fallback, what we used to call our safe school, you know, something like that. 
I, I think that's amazing that they're keep hiring and and I would say that's my at least the best argument where to, to answer all those groovy groovy is dying and grills is dying and, and they are not relevant anymore because Kotlin Kotlin Kotlin. The the fact that those guys grew from one person to twelve in a year or I don't know how many are they and, and still hiring like crazy, that's that's proof that you don't need to worry about Groovy or Grace at all. Right. And, of course, they're a distributed team, too, so you can hire people all over the world. It's, it's very nice there. Uh, so, at any rate, just thought I wanted to mention that. Um, we talked about the Grails guides. Uh, the call for papers for uh, – oh, I shouldn't skip Greach. Greach, of course, has announced speaker lists for Greach. Uh, that Greach is in Madrid, March 16th and 17th. And everyone who's ever gone to that conference has said wonderful things about it. Everybody seems to really, really like it. Are you headed to that one this year? No, unfortunately not. I will miss Greece. I will uh, unfortunately miss Great Conf uh, Europe as well. I still hope to uh, get to uh, Great Conf US, uh, and that's my my at least my hope that i will be able to make to make it uh, and by the way the cfp for i think both uh, great uh, conferences both eu and uh, well no it's different the you uh, one the the european great conf the call for papers ended yesterday that was uh, january 31st but the us conference that well, let's do this in order great conf in eu is may 30th and june 1st okay right. uh, well, that's actually three days, May 30th, May 31st, and June 1st. And then uh, Great Conf in the U.S. is July 25th through 27th. So that's a month yes. later, oh, a month and a half later, really. And their call for papers is open all the way until the middle of March. It's a oh, month. right. Okay, okay. So yeah, that's I good. Confused I'm confused with the EU one. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. definitely planning to put in some proposals for, for the U.S. one. Me too. Uh, just because I, I still feel bad that I missed last year's, and I really want to go this year. I know what you're saving all your energy for, though, right? Is it Well, I mean, I mean, it's... It's great conf and and developer is going to be there. I need to, ah. be, uh, <laughs> you know, it will be very very hard three days. Hard well, and stuff. I know that uh, you're saving all I, your energy because apparently this yep. year's Kotlin conf is going to be in Amsterdam. So you're you're aiming for that, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. Once they accept the groovy puzzlers as their keynote, uh, <laughs> I'm going there. That's all we need is the Groovy Puzzlers keynote at, at Kotlin Conf. Yeah, that would go over well. Um, any rate, uh, that's everything I have on my list. Is there anything that you can think of, anything we left out? Uh, no, I think we covered everything, um, and um, it was it was great pleasure to do it as usual. We should do it more often. This is what we say. Eventually, we will do the next one once it is too late. But, uh, you know, everything's good. This is how we roll. Well, hopefully we will surprise Sergio Delamo, the author of the Groovy Calamari, and uh, with uh, a new podcast. You know, he'll be like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea. Because remember, he expected the next one to be Easter, and looks like we beat that deadline comfortably. Yeah, no, we're far ahead. We're far ahead. Right. So we really we work. time and even before. Yeah. And it's all about managing expectations, because people don't expect <laughs> us for any kind of frequency. We surprise them in a good way. 
Okay, well, uh, then we'll try to do this again. Maybe at the, you know, certainly if we can get another one in in February, that would be great. Uh, and especially if something interesting happens in the, the Groovy programming language ecosystem. But uh, until then, uh, keep in touch and, and we'll talk later. So have a good time on all your travels. Yep, thank you very much. And you enjoy your time home and good luck for all travels as well. And we'll talk um, next time. Okay, take care. Bye bye.